Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Wednesday, everybody, and welcome in to the Gramlick and McLean podcast presented by Ingalls, the official supermarket of Gramlick and McLean. It is all about the Duke Blue Devils today. Mac Duke is back hosting a massive game, perhaps the biggest game of the weekend. That's just what Duke does these days in college football. (laughs) And we have two of the big names that we're super excited to talk with. And Mac, you know, it felt good because I'm sure a lot of people were, were requesting Riley Leonard this week. We've been talking to Riley. We had Riley on (laughs) this time last year and talked about his dunking ability and many more things. So Riley was nice enough. You know, he's a very busy man this week, but he gave us some time. That's right. That's right. Massive episode. So not only is game day for the first time ever going to Duke to have a football show, it's going to be a lot of fun. Very excited about that. But we are also shattering records as well, KG. We're going to have two Duke football players on the show today. First time ever in the history of Grandlick and McLean. Big time deal here. As you said, our guy, Riley Leonard, joins the show. Uh, love always talking with him. And like, yeah, like you said, we've been on this yeah. train. We saw what we needed we to see enough last year, and now everybody else is just catching up. But we also have my brother, Dwayne Carter, uh, the president, as I like to call him. Such a just a great leader, a guy that's been to ACC Media Day three years. It was funny. I was joking with Kat uh, and, and Coach at Media Day, and we were like, who the heck are we going to take? And, uh, you know, to media day and Dwayne's like, uh, me, I'm going. And they're like, no, you've been three times. And he's like, I'm going. <laughs> and so what do you do? You, you know, you can't do anything around it. An excellent leader. So we have both these guys on today, just a really fun kind of offense and defensive perspective yeah. going into this game. It's a big enough game. We had to cover it from every angle. Uh, but of course, before we jump into this and we're going to start with Riley, we've got a message from our friends over at Ingles. Did you know Ingles only sells USDA choice and prime cuts of meat? Maybe it's time to reward yourself. Our butchers cut all our meat fresh in the store every day. Grass-fed, organic, you name it. Not only that, we'll even cut it to order just the way you like it. And we grind meat fresh in the store multiple times a day. It's all in the bag. That's the best meat in town for the best folks in town. Ingalls. Low prices. Love the savings. Riley Leonard, welcome back. You're uh, climbing up the leaderboard very quickly on this podcast, man. We appreciate you joining us, making some time for us. How are you doing today, brother? I'm doing great. It's great to be here again. Yeah, this is a superstar we're talking with now, Eric McClain. Okay, we had Riley on last year, and now this is capital R, Riley. All right, this is a superstar. (laughs) But Riley, we know the Clemson win. Massive. Catapulted you guys even more into the national conversation. And who reached out to you? That just blew your mind after that game. Yeah, he didn't necessarily reach out, but when RG3 tweeted something about me, <laughs> I mean, that was the coolest thing in the world for me. Everybody from back home knows I was like the biggest RG3 fan <laughs> growing up, had his fat head on my wall, jerseys, autographs, all that stuff. So he didn't have to reach out. When he tweeted, I think, I think it was actually Vanilla Vic, um, something like that on Twitter. I mean, I was just... That, that did it for me. He's giving Vanilla you a nickname, Vic. too. Yeah. I, I, I was like, I'll take it, dude. We, I, don't, we, I don't know if I can run like him. Yeah, that, no. Well, that's all we'll call you from now on. So it. it's been it's been written, man. It's been written. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, let's, uh, let's just jump into the season, brother, because, man, you guys have been balling. I mean, just blowing people out. And, of course, it started that Monday night when they were we were there with you guys. Um, I mean, it, it's got to be a lot of fun. What you're doing, how you're doing it. 
from a total team perspective. So just what have you seen from your guys, man? And, and is this maybe what you thought it could be early in camp? Yeah, well, you said it right there, the, a total team perspective. There's not an area um, that we aren't playing well at right now. You know, As a whole Duke football team, obviously our defense is just playing lights out. Um, and that's, you know, doesn't come as a surprise to me. You know, I've faced them all fall camp. Um, when you look at just so many different little things, our special teams, our punter right now is arguably the best punter mm-hmm. in the country. He, he's, he's killing it. Um, and then on, on, on offense, when we need to get the passing game going, we get the passing game going. And obviously we have a really solid run game as well. So I don't think that there's much um, standing in our way. I think if we execute our game plan and just play Duke football, we got nothing to worry about. Well, that's what you told us, Riley. When we interviewed before the Clemson game, you said, look, yeah, I get that it's Clemson, but it's really just another team and it's about us. And you guys proved that in that game. I know you went into that game thinking we're going to win this. I mean, that's the mindset you have to have. Was there a moment in the game where you realized, oh, this is really happening? I mean, we're going to we're going to get this win. Uh, it wasn't until late. Okay. I mean, when you play a team like Clemson, you can never really, you never really settle down or, or enjoy the moment because they are such a good program and such a good team. They can strike back at any moment. And for a quarterback, I mean, all the guys, everybody's emotions get high. Everybody starts to think ahead. But for me, it's, you know, stay cool, calm, and collected, get the guys going, finish this game out the right way. And we did that. We had a good four-minute drive and then um, ended the game with the ball. So it was, it was good. How, how are you able to keep so cool, man? I know we talked about this weeks ago, but I just want our listeners to kind of hear that. And not just the Clemson game. Like, your, your whole life, I feel like it's been this way. In any moment, um, you don't fall into the pressure. You, you don't worry about the adversity. You just keep your head down and keep grinding. How do you draw from that? What do you draw to, to have that kind of you know, mindset? Yeah, I, I think in sports, the more you overthink, and, and in life, in life, you just said it, in life, the more you overthink, the more you stress, that's when things get difficult. I'm a guy that goes through life and, and trusts God, and I know I, I carry that with me everywhere I go. So there's not a decision that I make that I'm not fully comfortable with. Um, there's not a room that I can walk into and just panic. I think every situation I'm in, you know, I find a way to just do what's comfortable for me. And uh, when I'm out on the game field, no matter the situation, we can be down 50 or up 50. You know, th- there are more important things in life, so I'm not going to get too high or too low over, you know, a simple football game. It's such a good perspective, Riley. And it was – Mac was there in Durham. I was watching on TV, and they, they would zoom in on your face, and you were just – I mean, you were, you know, maybe huffing a little bit because you're playing football, but you were you were locked <laughs> in. Because he's running for 1,000 so, yards Well, speaking of that, the, the big run that Mac and I, when we were breaking down the game afterwards, we, we thought that really – that broke Clemson's back in many respects. That big run that you had where you break the, the tackle from Barrett Carter and then you take it to the house – what were you seeing on that run? Just I know you're not overthinking it because that's what you told us, but t- walk me through what that felt like. Yeah, um, so Coach told me before the drive he was going to put the game in my hands. So, you know, what more can I ask for than a design QB counter run? Uh, took the snap, peeped the field. Uh, like I said, it was designed for QB runs, so didn't think much. Um, and, you know, pl- playing against a guy like uh, Barrett, Number zero, the, the Will linebacker. He's a really good player, so I expected you know, to, to get tackled. But luckily, he kind of slipped out of it and then just ran for my life from there, uh, something I've been doing for a long time. Just run till you get tackled, and, and nobody made a tackle, so I kept going. Well, how about just your running style in general, man? Because I feel like nobody can tackle you, right? I mean, all these different games. And, you know, it's funny enough, we were sitting there, I believe it was the Northwestern game a, a couple of weeks ago, and you had a nice run. And, and our, one of our producers go, 
This dude reminds me a lot of Tim Tebow. And I said, well, first of all, he's a much better passer than Tim Tebow. That's a little disrespectful. But the way you run, <laughs> it a little bit is. Like, guys can't tackle you. It's just whatever. Is it leg drive? Do you get low? I mean, what is it about your running style that people can't bring you down? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I have no idea. Uh, I squat. I, you know, I don't squat much. I'm, I'm fast, but I'm not that fast. And I weigh like 215. So I don't know what it is, but I think it's just maybe they're de- deceptive in, the, in, in their angles or, or something. But, you know, it's working. So I don't know. I just I just kind of just It's run. God's shield. God's keeping you That's off. Right. Keep him off That's of you right. talk. Yeah. He's right, not going to uh, Would you describe yourself as sneaky athletic? No, no, no. I'm that's not going to let you answer that. This dude can 360 uh, windmill. There's nothing sneaky about it. Yeah, I know. That's, that's kind of been the story around my name, or at least, you know, whenever I first got here and started making plays. But I think now it's, there's not much sneaky. Yeah, I, I wonder why. I wonder why people would say sneaky. No clue there, Mac. Mac, we have to talk about uh, you suck. We have to talk about the bracelet because that story is crazy. Your mom would say it to you, text it to you to, to kind of keep you humble. Can you, for people who didn't watch the broadcast, can you remind us of what that story is? <laughs> yeah, so in high school, um, in my later years of high school, you come from a small town, everybody knows your name, everybody's talking about you, there are news articles come, you know, coming out about you, and that all happened at once for me my junior year. And I found myself really enjoying it for, for a couple of weeks and, and thinking that I was something, thinking that I did something. But, you know, I quickly realized, like, I wasn't in the right mindset that I should be. I wasn't as hungry as I should be. So I, I sat my parents down, you know, I was like, somebody needs to either cut all this, um, congratulations, and then somebody needs to tell me I suck every once in a while. My mom was like, I got right. you. <laughs> it, it was, uh, she didn't hesitate, and ever since, like this interview, she'll text me, hey, don't suck at this interview. Um, whatever I do, it's it's just a little extra motivation to keep me humble and to never put myself above anybody or any expectations. And, and you got to have that, right? I mean, it's it's amazing that you do. And, of course, to lean on your family, um, you know, and, and I just meeting them was so cool. Again, we keep referencing this Clemson game. I know it was a month ago. Uh, but, you know, seeing them and, and seeing why you kind of are the way you are, meeting your brother and, and your grandpa who just got back from Africa, all these crazy things, um, mm. it, it, it's so – it's so much easier if you see that side of who you are, Riley, and why you are yeah. the way that you it are. It just makes sense. Yeah, it totally makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do kind of want to ask because, you know, you said that high school deal. Um, we, we're getting into new waters almost every day. And, and you know, with, with your performances, with expectations, with what people think could come down the road. How are you dealing with that? How's your family dealing with it? I talked to Graham about this um, because, you know, inevitably he's dealing with a very similar thing. Uh, but it, it's happening in real time. So how's that been like for you, kind of the external pressures of all this success? Yeah, I think I've done a really good job of keeping my circle tight um, and not worrying about too much that I can't control. Something Daniel Jones does a really good job of is just staying off social media, stop stop reading mm-hmm. things, um, just stick to who you, who you are, stick to your team, stick to those who are close around you. I've, I've really taken that to an extreme here the last couple weeks, you know, just because of the notoriety that we're starting to get. So rolling into this college game day, you know, I'm, I'm super grateful, but my focus is going to be on Notre Dame. And I, I know everybody says that, but it's, it's really the truth. I don't, I don't worry about too much um, that I can't control. I don't, I don't think about even, you know, the, ne- the, the game after Notre Dame. Uh, you know, none of that really matters. Well, speaking of that, let's talk about Notre Dame. They're coming off a 
really tough last minute heartbreaking loss to Ohio State. Um, you're familiar, I'm sure, with Sam Hartman, but that doesn't really matter for you because you're not. I mean, you're playing against him, but you're not. It's really this Notre Dame defense. So what have you seen from Notre Dame so far this year? Yeah, they're a really well coached team, uh, first of all. Second of all, you know, they got really good players that are going to play physical. I think they have um, a good mix of fast guys who, who can, you know, compete in the ACC and, and big guys kind of like Big Ten, you know, football players and Big Ten linebackers that like contact. So they're going to play us in a lot of man coverage, and, uh, you know, they're going to bring some pressure. But that's nothing that we haven't seen before. Um, I think we got a great game plan. I know it's just Monday, but, you know, I got a pretty good gist of it. So, yeah, you, you, you're not going to see too much out of them. They're going to play Notre Dame football, and we kind of all know what that is. What What is this opportunity like for you guys, man? I mean, for the continued platform that you're on, to now get that magnified, however – fold tenfold hundredfold whatever you want to say with game day coming Notre Dame top ranked teams in the country what 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 opportunity is this for Duke football yeah it's another great one I think that we have really nothing to lose obviously this is going to be a you know a a national game everybody's going to be watching and nobody's going to expect much from us nobody expected much from us against Clemson Um, I I think it's the same um, same thing here I think we're just going to go out there and, and prove to everybody that like I always say Coach Elko says it best. No matter who's playing against us, it doesn't matter. We're going to go in there. We're going to execute and play Duke football. That's, that's all we're worried about. And I, I now I keep saying that, but it's the truth. Yeah. Uh, the more you get worked up and, and start thinking and, and comparing you know, position by position is when you start you know, to mess up and get in the wrong mindset. Riley, I know that you're a very confident guy, and I know that you've always had big aspirations for yourself. When you went to Duke, especially being a backup in that first season before Coach Elko, where, you know, it was a tough year for everybody. Did you ever envision this, beating Clemson on opening night, game day, you know, big-time ranked matchup with Notre Dame? Did you envision this? No. I didn't know if I'd ever throw a touchdown here at Duke. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know how people sit up here and say, yeah, I knew all this was going to happen. <laughs> to be honest, like, I just I, – I go day by day. And uh, when I first got here, I remember – my fall camp, my freshman year, being like the fifth string guy, being like, dude, I, I'm never even going to play a snap. Wow. I remember the first game against Charlotte, uh, we would warm up and I'd like skip the guys in, in front of the line so people didn't think I was like the fifth string. <laughs> but, uh, so, so we could throw in warm ups. But um, yeah, it's crazy how far we've come. I just, I'd never forget those days because. It's so cool to, to sit, sit up here in the share today. It's the foundation, man. It, it I really appreciate is. the honesty, Riley. Because you know right. some guys yeah. are like, oh, yeah, I, I knew I was going to do this. <laughs> yeah, no. I love it, man. All right, last one for you, and we'll let you get, get out. A little on the field. Um, you guys have been so balanced offensively. I mean, you're running the ball at a super high clip. You're throwing it when you need to. How has that maybe prepared you for the brunt of this schedule, which is about to really ramp up? to where you have, okay, you want to take that away? We've got the run. You want to stack the box? We can throw it around the yard. How has maybe these first four games helped you to now things are really going to jack up? Yeah, I think we established the run game early. And last game, uh, we got the passing game going a little bit, especially in our tempo offense. I think, you know, I got to do a better job in the passing game uh, with the long balls. But we have confidence in in whatever, you know, aspects of the game uh, we need to play. Uh, you know, my run game uh, as a quarterback position was really good to start. So hopefully that'll get some more guys in the box and we can win our one-on-one matchups outside. Whatever the defense gives us, I'm going to take advantage of uh, because I think we do have the capability to, 
to control a game however we want to control no it. Doubt. No doubt. Well, man, this was so much fun. Massive week. We appreciate you again making time for us, Kat and Aaron, for making it work, brother. Thank you so much for, for being That's here. Right. All right. Thank you, guys. God bless. Dwayne Carter, the president, my man, finally got you on here, brother. Uh, super excited to talk with you today, man. Thank you for joining us. Of course. I'm glad to be here. Dude, so I got to start with the touchdown. I saw that, and it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. Ball, as you said earlier, just appeared in your hands, and then yeah. you looked like a daggum wide receiver sprinting to the end zone. Give me the play-by-play. Break it down. Yeah, of course. So first, I say knees cut the stretch off. Great job. Held a guy up. Initially knocked the ball out. And then Ryan Smith, my guy, kind of flew past me. It was teach tape, simultaneous double arm. And the ball kind of fell and didn't move. So, right. you know, usually you practice like scooping scores. The ball bouncing everywhere, rolling everywhere. So he knocked the ball out. I think, you know, God was like, I'll give you a prayer. Ball landed, tips like this, did not move, just stuck in the ground. So you know what I had to do? I had to scoop it up, take it to the house. You had to, and that's definitely what you did. And we, we talked to your quarterback a few hours ago. They'll, y'all will be on this episode together, yeah. as you should be. Um, that Clemson win, man, I mean, that was huge for your, your program, huge for you guys individually, of course. What did it mean, do you think, to this program, which I know you've poured your blood, sweat, and soul into? What did it mean? Yeah, so I mean a lot, honestly, and more so for, I guess, Duke as a whole and our fan base, right? Because at the end of the day, we knew going in, we had a chance to win that game, and if we executed and did everything we were supposed to do, we can win that game. So we proved ourselves right, but Duke as a whole has kind of flipped the culture, right? So a lot more eyes are on us, I mean, nationwide, but as well as on campus, like even on campus, I just got out of class, and somebody's like, hey, nice scooping score. Like, you know, just <laughs> random people just popping in, just saying certain things, and that's typical, you know, the bigger state schools and other schools like that, but now, you know, we're making a little transition, and people are starting to take notice. I love it, man. Well, I'm actually going to steal uh, KG's question. She, she asked Riley about this, and, and you know, I'm fascinated to know from your side because you, you've done so much for Duke. You've been there so long and have seen a, a lot of change and you know, been a part of some great teams, been a part of some teams that maybe didn't meet the standard, and now you, you've ch- taken it to another level. So I'll ask it to you this way. When you came to Duke, man, and you put on that jersey for the first time, did you ever think it would be like this? Did you ever think it could get to this level? Yeah, so funny, I came to Duke in uh, 2019, right? So year five for me. And at that time, we'd been to seven straight bowl games, won six out of the last seven. Um, my first game ever in college was against Alabama in the Benz Dome in Atlanta. <laughs> so, like, we were on the up and up, right? So, like, it was it was never a question in my mind, like, all right, like, we can compete at the highest level, making steps toward that. And then, unfortunately, uh, those uh, last couple, three years uh, didn't go exactly how we planned to. So then you begin to lose hope a little bit, but – like you said, like I love this place, and mm-hmm. I gave everything I have to this place every single day. So I wasn't going to leave, especially not without getting my mm-hmm. degree. That's right. I was so, so close to graduating. So, then, you know, I made a decision to stay, and the biggest thing was to hire, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's a lot of good football coaches around here, but there's not a lot of coaches who can actually relate and have relationships to with their players, especially at the head coach level. And that was a big thing that Coach Cutcliffe did, and I'm forever grateful for him and the relationship that we had and still have to this day. And then Coach Elk, I mean, he came in, didn't skip a beat, and, you know, We'll see where that's led us to pass a year and a half so yeah, far. Yeah, no doubt. Well, you read my mind because I was going to go to Coach Elko and ask <clears> you about him. So day one, he gets that job. I mean, is he, especially for someone like you, who, like you said, could have gone elsewhere perhaps, does he reach out to you? How, how did he win you over, I guess is my question. Yeah, so it's funny. He had his press conference, I think, it actually might have been on my birthday. I think it was like the press conference that we got announced. So, you know, of course, majority of the team shows up. 
listen to hear him speak and we kind of waited in line, you know, introduce yourself, but he shook probably a million hands that day. So it wasn't anything serious, but I remember my first meeting with him and was in the uh, head coach's office and we had to talk, but it wasn't anything about football. It wasn't about scheme. It wasn't about my playing style. It wasn't about his vision for this program. It was, all right, what's the uh, cultural climate on this campus? Uh, what's the racial climate on this campus? And that just let me know he did some prior researches, or excuse me, prior research to me and who I am outside of the field mm-hmm. and what I'm involved in around here and that he really cared about, you know, the aspect outside of football yeah. because so often it's hard, especially in this day and age, to get caught up in just being a football player. So that's something I really pride myself on is branching out, and it meant a lot to me that he took the due diligence, excuse me, to do the research on me and learn that, you know, that's really what I practice. And, and it, I'm sure that was empowering too, right? To have a guy that, that obviously supports that and pushes you and, you know, takes it maybe to a little bit different level. Uh, how, how has that been, man? Just in this climate and day and age where the student athlete's voice has never been more powerful. And I know you have truly used that to the max and continue to do that. How have you seen that change and, and what kind of things could you just elaborate a little bit, you know, that are important to you outside of football and off the field? Yeah, for sure. So, I guess it stems back to uh, that 2020 was the back half of my freshman year. You know, pandemic, you talk about the George Floyd incident, you talk about the Black Lives Matter movement, you talk about everything else that was going on in this country. It was just hate, divide. It was almost you had to pick a side. And that kind of just fueled my passion to learn. Um, I just wanted to learn about history, American history, black history, whatever it was. I just wanted to learn, right, and see where everything kind of stems from. And the biggest thing I took away in my seventh grade history class, uh, my teacher, Mr. Frost, he said, he asked us, why do we learn history or why is history taught? And, you know, nobody could answer the question. Everybody's nervous, like, oh, some trick question maybe. I don't know. And he really said, so it doesn't repeat itself. And, you know, it's something so simple, but it was so profound in the sense that we just don't know. And if you don't know any better, how can you do any better? And that's the biggest thing I want to take with me when I go into my next career is teaching, you know, and community service that's kind of where I kind of view myself as as a servant leader and I feel like I can do that best as a teacher so you know when I'm done playing ball and even while I'll be playing ball you know hopefully as long as I can but I'll be doing my other stuff on the side as well and that's kind of what fuels me and that's the passion that kind of drives me in this world. That's awesome I mean (laughs) kudos to you and just great answer right there and you talk about history repeating itself you guys are changing that with Duke and with Duke football. I mean, you look kind of at the back, and Coach Cutcliffe obviously changed what this program is. So many different bowl games, as you mentioned, playing for the ACC title, um, but now hosting game day for the first time ever. Yeah. So like you said, you got guys talking to you when you're coming out of class. I mean, what is the vibe on campus right now when you guys are changing that history? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's up. up. <laughs> no, we have this uh, – it's up. Like, that's that's the one thing I can use to describe it, right? And there's this uh, platform, actually, the app called SideChat. It's like this anonymous um, – Mac and I are too old probably anonymous. to know about this, so go ahead and educate hey, do, us. do you know what Yik Yak is? You remember that, KG? <laughs> it literally exactly so, exactly okay. like Yik Yak, but it's it, chat. Yeah, so exactly what it is. And it's funny, over these past couple of weeks, like, you know, I used to have the socials, but I'm on – I just sure, watch sure. more than anything. You know, I interact a little bit. But – it's funny because now our Duke stream has been like game day memes. They make memes about our wins. They make memes about certain plays. They make memes like Ryan Leonard for president. Like, you know, just different things like that. So it's all these new nuances that we see on our campus from our student. Like, and the fan base is truly growing to, you know, we have the camera crazies, but now we have the way wackers yeah, as well. So it'll be out full force on that, Saturday. I love that, man. I love that. Well, I mean, this defense has been playing at a super high level too. And I think that – you know, obviously a guy like yourself who's such a leader but such an impactful player, uh, that, that's got to be fun. And, and I remember kind of asking you this a year ago when, when Coach came in 
and you said it was just able to take it to another level. Well, now I feel like you've done that again this year and, and have had just a crazy start. Like your number one defense in the ACC points allowed. You guys are killing it on the, the passing, rushing side, creating all these extra opportunities. What, what have you seen from your defense this year that even thinks that maybe there's another level that we can get to and maybe we see that this Saturday? Yeah, it's a level of uh, maturity, I'd say. To start off with, uh, last year, uh, we kind of were learning what to do, right? So what type of scheme he was going to bring, uh, how he wanted us to play, different things like that. But now it's like, how do we take everything to the next level? So he, he, Coach Elko can really frame this in the spring and the winter as the what to the how. Mm. So the how, and how we practice, um, how we execute, how we do different transitions, how we rotate different safeties, how we rotate up front. Like, it's just been a whole nother step. And it's funny, like, we're doing pretty well right now, you know, numbers-wise. But when you turn on the tape, there's just so much more we have to climb. And there's a lot of things we're missing as far as, like, you know, a couple of things. You know, That's I right. Sure, <laughs> sure. But <laughs> can't get away too much. But we do definitely have another step we can take. And, you know, we got to take that next step. But, like I said, maturity because right. we got a lot of old guys. And Go ahead, brother. Year, Sorry. Last year, I said, we, I said last year yeah. we had a lot of young guys. But this year, transition guys, a lot of guys right. got a year underneath their belt. And, so and that's important. How Have guys been super receptive to that? I know that's hard, right? Like, because especially mm-hmm. being young men and, and being super successful like you are this year, I mean, you know, you see that stuff on paper. You're like, man, come on, coach. What do you mean? We're, we're doing this. We're doing that. How have guys been receptive to, all right, let's turn on this tape, and all right, this is what you did wrong. This is what you did wrong. This is what you did wrong. Yeah. Yeah, so it's funny because Elko doesn't change, right? So that's how he's been right. from day mm-hmm. one. Uh, back when he came in, we didn't win any games. We weren't anything. Like, we started spring ball. We're getting ripped. Like, you know, we finally get the defense right. Still getting ripped. Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is. He is who he is, and he has been who he is since day one. And that's the thing, like, we're just a hungry team. Mm-hmm. And complacency isn't even in his vocabulary, so it can't even come anywhere close to ours because it gets weeded out very fast and you get caught up very fast. So, you know, we're still hungry. It's a lot of ball to play, so we're excited to see where we can man, go. Man, you're getting me fired up. I'm, I'm ready to go play at this point, man. Um, okay, let's talk about Notre Dame because you're familiar with Notre Dame's quarterback. You've played against Notre Dame's quarterback. Yeah. This is an interesting new world of college football where you've got a guy like Sam Hartman now at Notre Dame. What have you seen from the Irish on film, and, and can you take anything from your previous games against Sam Hartman? Yeah, so first off, Sam Hartman, he's a great player, a great quarterback. He doesn't make a lot of dumb decisions. Obviously, he's a savvy vet. He's been around for some years now. I think he's got one on me. I say he's old. I don't want to say he's old, but he has one year on me, so he is old. <laughs> but um, He's a very smart quarterback, makes a lot of decisions. He's very talented. I think he's also an underrated athlete as well. And, you know, playing him over the years, he's been able to use legs, his arms, just his reads. He's very talented. As far as Notre Dame, I feel like they're – there's no surprise when it comes to them. They got a lot of big boys up front, and they're going to show it. They all play in three-point stances, which is, you know, uncommon nowadays in college football. They all line up, but they're heading to there, and they're running the ball. And a lot of times they got some big backs, and they're going to let you know where they're running the ball. And almost they just trust who they are and their identity. So I'm excited to see. It's a lot of fun for us up front. Yeah, last one for you, Dwayne. We appreciate your time very much, man. Everything that you just said there with Notre Dame, you know, the offensive line up front probably have a top 12 pick in Joe Alt uh, and some other guys that I'm sure will be high draft picks. And, and as you mentioned, estimate there, the big massive running back. How are you looking at this game opportunity wise? Uh, you know, kind of a lot like Clemson and, and Graham Barton and going against that defensive line. Um, it's kind of reversed here for you where. Okay, th- this is kind of an NFL type offensive line you're going against. Are you viewing it that way? Are you viewing it as this is tape I'm, I want every GM to watch mm. when they're trying to pick me? 
Yeah, so that's a great question. Obviously, you know, with the next level question, everybody knows these are the games they watch. The Clemsons, the Notre Dames, the Florida States, you know, all these top 25 games, whatever games we play, these are the games they're going to watch. So that's just the element in the room that is you have to be aware of, of course. But at the end of the day, um, the way Coach Simpson and Coach Elko frame it, it's just another game, and that is true. Uh, we prepare the same way every single week. Every week is a big opponent because any given Saturday you can lose a ball game. And, you know, college football is a crazy sport. We see that week in and week out. People lose by crazy ways, you know, and we always talk about the human response. Um, guys come off of highs. We see teams all the time. They beat a very high-ranked opponent, come out next week, stink it up, lose. Just It's just so many different things that can factor right. in. So if you prepare any different than you do for any other week, I feel like that's where you face trouble. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're – preparing the same way you always do, and I'm excited. Obviously, it's going to be a tough task, but I think we're up to the challenge. I lied to you. I do have one more question. <laughs> what do you want the nation like to come away good. with, man? Because game day is going to be there. All the attention is on you guys. What do you want the nation to come away with about Duke as a university, as a school, and then as a football team? Yeah, so I think, honestly, the biggest thing about Duke, you know, everybody makes fun of us, we're nerds, you know, the smart school, the education piece, and that kind of speaks for itself. But athletically, uh, we're a very strong school as well, and that's across all sports. I mean, we have, since my time we've been here, we've had women's golf national champions. Uh, we have a basketball team that competes every year for it. We've had, I think, a fencing national championship. Our swimmers compete at a high level. Our softball team competes at a high level, only been around for six or seven years, I think, will be this year. Like, we just have so many sports that compete at a high level, year in and year out, I think it's, it goes unnoticed a lot because we are smaller than people think because, you know, Duke is such a big brand. But as well as that, like, our fan base is passionate, and that's across all sports, and you see it. Like, the most advertised one is obviously the camera crazy because it's hard because cameras so legendary. Like, nobody can miss that. But at the end of the day, like, we have a strong fan base, strong athletics all about, and, you know, we are more than just mm. academics when it comes to um, sports. Boom. There you go, man. We appreciate you, brother. Thank you for being with us Uh Excited for you. Good luck Saturday. Thank you, guys. Thanks again to Riley Leonard and the Prez, uh, Dwayne Carter, for joining us here on this episode. We appreciate their time. We know it's busy. Look, game day's coming to town for the first time ever. Uh, Dwayne Carter said the vibe is up on campus, so (laughs) things are happening. And, Mac, you played in many games where game day was there. And you were kind of talking to Riley off camera, I think, about all the responsibilities, just things that happen. So yeah. what is that like? It has to add just so much more outside stuff to the week. Right. Yeah, it really, really does. Um, and, and there's just so much going on. There's so much excitement. I mean, you're getting probably triple the text that you normally would. Can you get me tickets? Uh, yeah, right. Can you get me tickets? Can I go to the game? Oh, this is a huge deal. All these things. Because it already is a big game. And then that just takes it you know, to another level. And there's a lot of responsibility. So very grateful for both of those guys, as I'm sure they are flooded with, with asks and media responsibility, all these different things. And it just, it took me back KG to thinking about that. And, and you know, when, when that would happen, uh, you know, how big of a deal it is. And it's a great honor. And, you know, I can only imagine some of the Duke fans that have, you know, been fans forever that have never experienced this and how crazy is that environment going to be? I can't wait to see where they're set up. I, I should have got that inside info for you guys uh, to release it a little bit early. But uh, it, it, I, I just have to think it's going to be bonkers. Those students are going to be crazy yeah. um, and, and well-deserved, right? Like this team is playing at such a high level. Uh, you've got Notre Dame, the, the golden child, the golden domers coming to town. Um, and, and so what can you do with this opportunity? I love both guys' answers kind of about that when we ask that. 
I love Dwayne Carter talking about the Wade Wackos. That is excellent. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> the Cameron Crazies and the Wade Wackos. And they showed That's up right. for the Clemson game. I am sure they will oh, be yeah. there and ready for this Duke game. Mac, just early thoughts. We're going to talk much more about this game on Friday. Notre Dame right now, as we're recording on Monday, is a five-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at Duke. Maybe I'm crazy, but I swear I saw an opening line on Sunday as Notre Dame minus two. Maybe I made that up in my mind, but I swear I saw that. So overall, like Notre Dame's such a big brand. They're going to get that bump. Right. I think think it would – I kind of would be guessing maybe a a three-point favorite, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But you also see – I think what some people are looking at is that Notre Dame went and blew out NC State. And Duke's better than NC State, of course. But also the ACC has struggled recently in the regular season against Notre Dame. So I think five and a half is is about what I expected. Yeah, I think there's a couple of different factors to to roll in that. You just mentioned a couple. I think another factor is is Notre Dame being ticked off coming after a loss. Mm -hmm. You know, how much, how inspired are, you know, they going to play to right the ship and kind of knowing uh, this is a similar situation that Clemson was in last week against Florida State. If you lose, it's over. And here's the deal with Notre Dame. There ain't no conference championship to play for. There's not an automatic. I Wait, guess really? they do have a tie to the Orange Bowl. They're not yeah, in the league. If you knew that, I don't know hmm. if you knew that. Uh, so have fun if you lose this game doing nothing. Notre Dame, you're playing for a participation trophy. Uh, here, I'll send the contract, sign it over. Come on and join. Um, but yeah, so I think that those are some factors. Um, one thing to be interested in though, KG, because you mentioned the NC State thing. Mm-hmm. NC State went to UConn, and this is this is. I love when this happens. This is like when you're trying to connect dots. The transitive properties. Transitive properties. Thank you for the Clemson word there. Um, NC State struggled with UConn. Duke just aired them out, and it could have been way worse. Could have been way worse. So just saying, doesn't really matter. Matters to me. I care. I pay attention to that stuff. So I'm fascinated to see it. Uh, Five and a half, a great starting line. Lean this way, be into Mm. the D, um, and and just can't wait to see this game. It's going to be a ton of fun. And I think – what you said, the ACC, like, there's a lot riding on this game. I mean, they've owned it, right? Like, that's yeah. just a part of it. And Florida State's in that. Clemson's in that. It's not like they've ducked any of the teams. Not that they have a choice, but it's not like they've missed anybody. Uh, so is this the year where you have a lot of great teams that Notre Dame has to play that are playing at a high level? Does the ACC start taking a little bit of that back? Here's what I like about this game for Duke. They've already had the super hyped up Duke-Clemson game. Right. This is not it's not like they've played cupcake, 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 right. then this. They have proven themselves on a primetime stage in a game where no one thought they were going to win. They were yep. much more of an underdog than this. So I love that for Duke because they've done it. And when you look at Notre Dame, I mean, that like Clemson or Duke's best win is way better than Notre Dame's best win. Right. Their best win is NC State for sure. And yes, they they had every chance in the world against Ohio State. Things happen. But I really like that for Duke and just their confidence. They're such a veteran team. And they have played. This defense is very familiar with Sam Hartman. I think that is an interesting factor. But, Mac, when you look at matchups, Dwayne Carter was talking about it, and that's the matchup for me, is this Duke defense, specifically the D-line, against this heralded Notre Dame offensive line. That is the difference. With Sam Hartman at Wake versus Sam Hartman at Notre Dame, it's the (laughs) offensive line. Can you get to him? Can you make him make a mistake? Right. And, and, you know, even just in the run game, like, can you hold a post, yeah. you know, with these monsters that running back behind and, you know, obviously a Notre Dame team that wants to run the football, right? That's their heart and soul. And now Duke is averaging more yards per rush and, and per game than them. But when you see these guys, yeah, little, little just facts. Um, Joel, I'm fascinated to see. I mean, he is a monster. You know, how do they do against him? Do they try to 
you know, pressure him with games. They try to do different things and, and force him into making a decision. But then you've got some other guys just along this offensive line. At the end of the day, that's what they do. They produce factory guys that are ready right. for the league. How much can Duke take advantage? How much are they ready to get going uh, and be ready for that matchup? The second one is, of course, you know, Sam Hartman versus this Duke secondary that looked electric against Clemson, that was flying all over the field, very fast, very physical. How can they kind of play into that? So defensively, those are kind of the two things I'm looking at for Duke. Uh, From the offensive side, it's all about Riley. How can he really Mm -hmm. step up and play? And, you know, a guy he's got to be careful and kind of know where he is is Benjamin uh, Morrison there. You know, I I saw Gojo tweeting about this earlier in the week. He's the best cornerback I've ever seen in my life at Notre Dame. Now, he didn't say the rest of, you know, before he was alive, uh, but just saying how good this guy is. Clemson fans obviously very familiar with this young man the things that he was able to do the last time they played. But this is this is a much faster Notre Dame team than historically when, when people would say they're not ready for the speed, they can't hang. These guys can. And, and so now does more of the weight fall on Riley's shoulders to throw the ball? He hadn't been in a game yet where he's had to do that. But if he has to throw for 350-plus, is he comfortable in that situation? Obviously, I think yes. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country, especially in the conference. Uh, but I, I am interested to see does it turn into that where Riley has to deal the ball all over the yard. Yeah, I think you're exactly right, Mac. It, I, if I'm watching Duke, what I'm thinking is, can I take away Riley Leonard's legs? Can I make him a pocket passer? Because if I can, I'm not. I don't know if I'm going to win the game, but I'm going to have a really good chance. So I imagine that's what Notre Dame is honing yeah. in. And on. you know, tall task, obviously a big guy, hard to tackle. We yeah. asked him why he doesn't know. I don't know. Kelly doesn't know. He's, well, he's sneaky, sneaky athletic. athletic. He's sneaky he's athletic. Sneaky athletic. He's sneaky. If you get our drift there, but we'll have much more on this game. I cannot wait. We're not making picks. We're not giving you much detail. We're just kind of talking some keys. We got a lot more coming on Friday. So big shout out to Cat. Uh, cannot thank her enough for setting these up. Uh, of course, Aaron and his help, and, and ultimately... Mac, shout out to Duke for when they've made the big time, they don't forget about the little people. That's All right. right. We appreciate forget, that. That's right. They don't forget about the little people. So big shout out to them, and of course, Riley and Dwayne for joining us. Super fun episode. We're breaking history. Two Duke players on, one episode. That's what we do. So anyway, appreciate you guys tuning in. More to come on Friday. Big shout out to Ingles. Cannot do this without them. Appreciate all their love and support. And, of course, you guys. We need you to jump over on the YouTube train. you got to see these guys. It's a lot of fun. Come on over. Leave some comments. Subscribe. We need you over here on this party and, of course, on Apple Podcasts as well. The OGs. Rate, review, subscribe there. Uh, we would greatly appreciate that. But until next time, we'll see you all.